The heavy weight of disappointment isn't to be taken lightly. It is a dangerous, precarious place to be, but it's also an opportunity for incredible growth and deeper understanding of God's nature. I want to start this episode by saying that your feelings are completely valid. You're allowed to feel disappointed. You're allowed to feel hurt. You're even allowed to feel angry with God. I find that disappointment is a weird gray area where you find that what you thought you knew is maybe no longer true, so you aren't really sure where you stand or what that means for your life. God created us with emotions and feelings, so he knows how to handle them when they feel out of control for us, and when we feel angry and sad and scared and disappointed and we can't help but take it out on him, he can handle it. Truly, he's the only one equipped to handle it. Whether that ends in us screaming and yelling at him or maybe giving him the silent treatment, he doesn't love us any less. His power isn't any less at work in our lives. He remains faithful even in our emotional ups and downs. He remains faithful even when it seems like everything else is going wrong. If you're in a chapter of life that has you experiencing disappointment, there's hope. Welcome to Loved and Made Worthy. My name is Erica, and this is a podcast about embracing our God-given purpose and letting go of perfectionism, people-pleasing, and overachieving. If you want a deeper relationship with Jesus and are ready to ditch the labels that God never gave you, this is for you. Listen in as we journey with God to find out who He is, what that means for our life, and ultimately, who He created us to be. First off, I want to point out the language I'm using. I said experiencing disappointment, not disappointed. And the difference between the two might be subtle, but I think it's important enough to point out. Experiencing disappointment defines a temporary emotional state. Disappointed is a label that we internalize. So think about how they would be used in sentences. I am experiencing disappointment. This is temporary, fleeting, Disconnected from our identity, but connected to our circumstances. On the other hand, I am disappointed is resolute. It's a defining characteristic, a label that we've claimed and connected to both our identity and our circumstances. And I'm not saying that one is right and the other is wrong, but I never want to perpetuate the labels that keep us from experiencing our full identity as children of God. Saying we're experiencing disappointment leaves room for God to work on our hearts within difficult circumstances. Saying we're disappointed is kind of like taking the long way. In our hearts, we're limiting God to changing our circumstances in order to lift the disappointment. We don't allow ourselves to see past our circumstances to what God might have in store. These are nuances I believe are important to address before we dive in. Secondly, I want to remind you that you were seen and loved by God. If you are experiencing disappointment right now, this might be a difficult and challenging episode to listen to. When you're ready to listen, it will be here, and it doesn't have to be today. Okay, with that being said, let's get started. Disappointment is defined as sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. Sadness and displeasure are emotional states of being, But perhaps more important is the cause of those emotions, the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. We all know what this feels like. We build something up in our heads, 
We play it out until it's just right and we don't see how it can go any other way. And then that thing comes and goes and it went nothing like we expected it to, leaving us wondering what happened. Was it something I did? Could I have prevented it? Why didn't God step in? And it's not just the questions that come with it, it's also the heavy weight of the disappointment itself, whether that's in ourselves, in our circumstances, someone else, or maybe all three. And this weight, it settles in your gut, your mind, your heart. It is a physical reminder of something you knew would come to pass, that you fully believed in, and it didn't happen. I will fully admit to experiencing disappointment with God in the last year or so on more than one occasion. So many of my family and friends have experienced sickness, death, and loss in great ways, even after the community of God's children came together in prayer on their behalf. On each separate occasion, I was so sure that God would heal or save or unify. I believed with my entire self, and yet on each separate occasion, I was wrong. Healing didn't come. Unification remained elusive. Death won on so many of those days. And the disappointment was absolutely crushing. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Revelation 5.5. So this chapter, this is where John has been taken up into heaven and he's standing with the angel and starting in verse two, it says, and I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open up the scroll and break its seals. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. What an epic example of disappointment. John had been living his life with Jesus as king and the hope of heaven, and he was spreading the gospel. Jesus was his friend, and he was crucified in a really cruel way. He and so many of those he loved had experienced extreme persecution. Many of his friends died for this, and so for him to be taken into heaven through this vision and to see that no one was worthy to open the scrolls, I can't imagine the crushing disappointment that occurred as he stood there to think that everything they went through was for nothing. But then in verse 5, it says, And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. What a beautiful reminder that disappointment is connected to our circumstances and not what's actually true. Maybe healing did come for those that we prayed for when I was so disappointed, but it was just spiritual instead of physical. Maybe the heartbreak brought on by loss brought about unification in other ways that I didn't get to see. Maybe death was merely a way home to Jesus. The disappointment I experienced in those moments were less about spiritual bodies and more about physical ones, and it has taken everything to change my perspective and see a sliver of light in the circumstances. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, as we're told in John 14, 6. Neither our circumstances nor our feelings about them are truth. Only Jesus. Only the words that God gives us. In John 16, 33, we are promised that we will have trouble in this world, so we know that we can't rely on our circumstances if we're seeking to overcome disappointment. Changing our circumstances does nothing more than put a band-aid on the issue at hand, trusting that God is good and works all things out in his perfect timing. 
Oftentimes when you're experiencing disappointment, other believers will, of course, quote the Bible. This is wonderful and beautiful, and we absolutely need people in our lives that are going to bring us back to God and point us back to his truth. But a lot of times when we're experiencing disappointment or uncertainty, you'll find that Jeremiah 29, 11 is often quoted. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for peace and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. This verse is beautiful. It is absolutely one of those verses that helps remind us that God sees us and knows us as individuals. However, most of the time this verse is quoted, it's taken out of context. It's often used in a way that says, God is not going to allow anything to harm you. Here's this verse to back this idea up. This thing that you're worried about or struggling with, it's, it's going to go away. Well, for one, that's not for us to say. Again, John 16, promises we're going to have trouble in this world, so we can't say that God won't allow any harm to come to us. We're promised that he will. I discussed this on a previous episode, but we also have to remember that in chapter 29 of Jeremiah, God is talking to a people in exile. He's telling them, you're going to be here for a little while, and this is not going to be taken away soon. So while you're here, put down roots and pray for the welfare of this country. These people are going to be in exile for at least another 70 years before he takes them to the promised land. And so while, yes, he absolutely does have a hope and a future for them, I don't imagine exile is what they had in mind. I imagine that was somewhat disappointing. Maybe in your disappointment, you feel like someone in exile, so far removed from the riches and serenity of the promised land. But while your feelings are valid, they are not the truth. The truth is, we get to walk with God every single day. Not only are we far removed from exile, but we have access to God, his wisdom, and his blessings every single moment of our lives. It's my guess that you know this. It's my guess that there are one or two very specific blessings you have in mind that seem out of reach or non-existent. Now, I'm going to say something really challenging, so I want to warn you now, but I also say this to myself as much as I say it to you. The blessing you're not getting, the thing that you're disappointed about, have you made it an idol? I was recently convicted of this. I came to the realization that the fear I had over a very specific thing had been held in idle status in my life for a really long time. I was more sure of that fear, of that thing happening, than I was of God protecting me from it or walking me through it. I thought of it more than I thought of God. But it's not just idolizing other things. We also have to look internally. Have you made yourself an idol? with your thoughts about how a certain scenario should play out above God's sovereign and just rule. Because the truth of the matter is, our limited view of life cannot compare to God's omniscience. Our human experience does not qualify us to decide on spiritual matters. And it's all spiritual. Check out Ephesians 6.12. It's all spiritual. But this is the crux of the problem, right? We, in our limited view, have an idea of how something should go, and because we don't see past our own existence, we feel jilted, abandoned, invisible, disappointed. There's a quote attributed to Billy Graham on disappointment that says, Repeated disappointment almost always triggers a series of other reactions. Discouragement, anger, frustration, bitterness, resentment, even depression. 
Unless we learn to deal with disappointment, it will rob us of joy and poison our souls. When we leave disappointment untended, it becomes a foothold for the enemy to weasel in and sow seeds of doubt, discouragement, anger, resentment, and so many more things that are not in line with the fruit of the Spirit. So how do we move forward? How do we begin to pluck out the rooting seeds of disappointment from our hearts? Perhaps we can look to Paul as an authority on the subject of contentment, as it is quite the opposite of disappointment. An imprisoned Paul wrote the book of Philippians, a book filled with joy under what could have very well been disappointing circumstances. I don't think anyone would have blamed him if he was frustrated with the state of his life at this point. He had, after all, given everything up for Christ and was doing all the right things. Wasn't he justified in having life a little bit easier? Instead, he sees this as an opportunity to share the joy he's found in Jesus. In Philippians 4, 12-13, he shares that the secret to contentment is through Jesus. He goes on to write further instructions for Christians, and in Colossians 4, 2, he says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Imagine all that God can do through prayer and thankfulness. If you're experiencing a season of disappointment and you're ready to remove the foothold the enemy has on your life, here are five practical steps forward to engage in daily. Step one, know that God loves you and is for you. Check out John 16, 27 and Romans 8, 28. Write them down, post them on your mirror or wall or somewhere you'll see often and read them out loud to yourself. Step two, Study his word so that you might develop a deeper understanding of God's character. Romans 10.17 says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Step 3. Repent if you've idolized anything other than God. Luke 4.8 says, And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Step 4. Practice prayer and gratitude. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And step 5, share with others what Jesus has done in your life. Mark thirteen ten tells us, And the gospel must be first proclaimed to all nations. Share the good news. Experiencing disappointment is a real and heavy burden, and you don't have to carry it alone. My prayer for all of us is that God might soften our hearts and offer a new perspective on his love and grace and mercy. Letting go of expectations that never came to be is a most difficult human endeavor. But to paraphrase Paul, we can do all things through him who strengthens us. I hope today's episode blessed your spiritual walk and brought you just a little bit closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. I love to hear how God is using this in your life. And if you'd like to connect, be sure to join the Loved and Made Worthy Facebook group. I would love to see you there. Now, as we go our separate ways, I just want to remind you of three things. You are seen, you are loved, and you are made worthy in Jesus. I'll see you next time.